Welcome to Raising Connections. I'm your host, Ray Shan Mayer. This is the program where we talk about critters, companions, commerce, and agriculture, and all of the connections between them. And this morning, as always, we have a fun and interesting local guest, Carrie Fry. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Where are you from, and why is Fry so familiar to all of our listeners? They're like, Fry, I know that name. <laughs> so I am born and raised in Massachusetts, relocated to Maryland in 2009. To answer your question, I think Fry's has made a connection with a lot of people for a lot of reasons reasons and not necessarily centered around alcohol. We've done a lot of community events. We've had fundraisers. We tend to kind of embed ourselves in our local communities. In addition, that's why, that's yeah. why the name sounds so familiar. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I want. I, I think that's anybody's wish running a business is to be known. So our listeners right now are going to the website. They're going, Fry, F-R-Y-E, Brewery. And the logo is really unique. Why is your logo the Stars and Stripes? So it's actually the Sergeant Stripes, but it, it stemmed from the Army Air Corps. So my husband husband's favorite book was Catch-22. He was in the Air Force. The Army Air Corps became the Air Force, so uh, it was just naturally embedded in the logo back in 2012, and it just kind of stuck. And now I know why the first time that my husband and I came out, and we were going to a church function at the community center, if you Mm -hmm. will, of Fry Brewery, (laughs) we sat on the couches. My husband walks in and goes, (gasps) because he was Navy. Oh, so he was appalled at the uh, Air Force (laughs) representation in here. There we go. So it is a very local place. And 2009, you came to the area. 2012 is when the brewery started. Yeah. So my husband, Adam, this was prior to me meeting him, started Fry's Brewing Company in 2012, one of the first farm breweries in Maryland. And at that time, he was just brewing and selling beer, let's say at liquor stores, bars, restaurants, things like that. So the tasting room that we're sitting in now was not here until 2019. We'll put some pictures of the tasting room up. It has a very community feel. It's a place to come and talk and chat. Definitely. So there's two stories here. (laughs) What made you interested in the on-farm brewery? And what made you interested in Adam? Oh, my. (laughs) So Adam's reasoning for opening the brewery, you know, obviously he can speak to that more, but he's up at the house, was bringing people to the farm as opposed to him having to get in the car every day and go to work. He wanted his, his home and his work to be together. He wanted to bring life to this barn. So this was a and still is a 200-year-old bank barn that was in terrible condition. It was basically being used for cows and hay storage and straw storage and such and equipment. So it, it was a way for him to bring new life to the barn, bring people out to the farm, share the beauty that is this farm because there's so few left in in the state of Maryland. I mean, there's a lot in retrospect, but they're going away quickly. The American farmer is going away quickly. So this was a way to share this space. And Adam seems to follow that American farmer trend where he was raised on the farm, steamed in homestead farm, and then went out, got an education, went out into the world and then came back. Exactly. Yeah, he did. He did join the Air Force. So that kind of pulled him away from that farming world and from what his father and brother were doing did get a college education, dabbled in a lot of different things, cinematography, construction. But the bottom line is he loves this farm and, and through and through, and he knows every single stick and twig and leaf on this farm. And I think it's so to go back to your other question, what do I love about Adam? His passion. So I'm an all-in kind of person, passion in everything I do. And I saw that in Adam too. And it's just like, we make a great team because while we might argue or bicker about the next steps or the phases that we're going through, we do it with insane passion. And I think that's that's a great recipe for teamwork no matter what you're doing in life. You know, so you're vetting the ideas in a passionate way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
in a very passionate way. There you go. <clears throat> and so you came into this enterprise with a varied background. You did not come in and say, I want to run a brewery. This is my goal and focus. This was not what you intended to do. What is your background? It was never the plan. So I was heavy in customer service through my teens, my 20s, have a degree in geography and GIS and cartography. So my GIS? Geographic Information Systems. There we go. So it's a, just a fancy term for data and mapping. I was actually working on a contract with State Highway at the time. I met Adam and just kind of naturally fell into being around the bar, being around the whole thing. And it was clear that he needed someone to run the place. So I said, oh, I'll just do it temporarily, you know, since we're dating and all. It was never the plan to be full-time. It was never my plan to give up my job. But after about six months where it just became so natural and it became so much a part of me, we had the discussion to leave my job. And I did. And then- That's a heck of a jump. Yeah, it was a huge jump. My father- was not happy. I like how you just kind of glossed over that. <laughs> yeah, we just kind of did this. What kind of thought went into that? Because you have a very successful career. You had a successful career and you made that jump, that leap. That second career is hard for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely leaving the stability of a six-figure job, of health insurance, of all these things. But again, the passion, I believed in him. I believed in us as a team. And I knew that we would figure this out no matter what. And that's why I say, like, we won't fail because we don't know how to fail. It just might not look the way we expect it to look. So 2019, my mother was very ill. I was already on, like, I want to say, like, a part-time leave or even full leave of absence at that time. This all started. It was just like a natural. I was unhappy at my job at that time. It was kind of almost a sense of relief not to get in the car and drive into the office and to be able to do something that I think I was meant to do in the first place. It was just that that pressure from parents and pressure from society to go get the degree and get out of customer service. I mean, I was bartending and waitressing my whole life and they always joked it stays in your blood. And I think resetting into an atmosphere like this versus the old school bar where the smoke and the late nights that were killing me in my 20s, where this was a way to take that experience, but do it in a way that kind of worked better for my lifestyle, for his lifestyle. So you have restaurant customer service marketing, if you will, because there is some marketing that sure, goes along sure. with that in your blood. He mm. has farming in his blood. And on the program here, <laughs> Raising Connections, one of the things we've coined is farming royalty, because if you're going to buy a farm in order to do that, it's often that you are born into that lifestyle. Sure. And so that farming royalty comes through in his blood. And yeah, you want to know where I got it. <laughs> and this comes along together. And the vision was not just to deliver a good tasting beverage to mm -hmm. distributors. The vision was what? I mean, I think the vision, at least from my perspective, is to be a place of kindness, of welcomeness, of being able to just be somewhere when you walk in the door, you feel home. And that's different for everybody though. So it's not like there's a formula where somebody walks through the door and you give them exactly the same thing that you gave the person before. I think my experience being so diverse, living in different states, meeting people, being well-traveled, I'm able to look at somebody and discover what their personal needs are. And here's a perfect example. And I know it's, I'm like kind of rambling, but Thanksgiving last year, I decided to open and everyone thought we were crazy. You know, you're not going to make any money and Thanksgiving's for families and blah, 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 blah. Well, we didn't have any plans that year. So we opened and you're right. I sat here all day, essentially by myself. And one woman walked in, she got a beer, she sat down and didn't speak to me or anyone the entire time. Maybe got a second drink. She was on her computer. A couple hours later, she leaves. Well, okay. I, I made $30 that day, right? She emailed me later and said, thank you so much for being somewhere I could come 
It was her first Thanksgiving without her children. She had to drop them off at her ex-husband's house and she just needed to feel safe. She didn't want to be home with her thoughts. I gave her her space. I checked on her. And that meant so much to me to be like, you know what? It had nothing to do with the money that day. It was about being a place for her to feel safe. And karma is a real thing. Karma is a real thing. And the money comes when it needs to come. I would love more, but um, but, but, but it, means, it means so much more to give people somewhere. And whether it's being cost prohibitive or there's just so many challenges that people are facing when they're trying to get together. And it, it, it sounds silly, but okay, we're trying to get together for a 30th birthday or grandpa's retirement or a military commissioning or whatever. And I'm hearing all these challenges of A, B, C, D, E, F, G of, of why they can't get together because of cost or because of nobody's answering the phone or, or nobody's answering their email. Or so if I can give that to them and yes, obviously run the business at the same time. But my goal at the end of the day is, are they leaving happy? And I tell my employees that is every customer coming back because that's your only job. Make sure they're coming back. So the vision was a feeling. Sure. It really wasn't a vision. You might have the customer service and what a bar looks like and what you don't want in the bar and how the barn comes together and how all the product comes together. Because mm-hmm. off air, you shared with me, your husband, who wasn't your husband at the time, would sit around and serve drinks to his buddies and have a good time. Mm-hmm. And so that atmosphere came into the vision, came into the feeling through those passionate moments of argument and vetting ideas. Sure. Yeah, I don't think you sit down with a blueprint saying, I want to mean something to people. I think you do sit down originally with a blueprint of just, I'm running a business and I need to pay the bills. And how do we do that? And it evolves as time has gone on. We've kind of curated this crowd. And I think after about six months was when we realized that this had nothing to do with beer and everything to do with just being fries and being friends and forging relationships. And that beer was just a product. It could have just as well been ice cream or coffee or pumpkins or flowers or any other product that people are driving to you to purchase. And so it's that sense of community that you've built. That vision is the feeling and that feeling is home, but home is in the community. I definitely think that. I think when you say home and some people will, will call out like, why does it feel different here? And I say, well, you know, look around you. Like this is our living room. It's just a big old living room. We live across the street. So this is where we spend 99% of our time. There's curtains on the walls. My plants are all down here, not at the house. So it is home. And I think that comes through for sure when you're here. When we come back, let's pick up with that feeling of home and community and Fry's involvement. Okay. This is Rayshan from Mariah Bell Manor Kennel. Living Life Tales Up is a combination of balance and tail wagging humor, hopefully, that'll make your nose go down and your tails go up and keep you on track. A balanced lifestyle combining what we do every day in the kennel with some humor, some ideas, and some positive happy bubbles shot out there so everybody can have a little happy, positive, and live a little tails up. Welcome back to Raising Connections. This morning, we're talking with Carrie Fry of Fry's Brewing Company (laughs) in Mount Airy, Maryland. And it's the greater Mount Airy area. It's not the downtown. When we left, we talked about the community Mm -hmm. and how this is your living room, where this concept came from, where the feeling of, it's not just the alcohol. And I will have to say, Fry's Brewing Company was the first place I ever had a beer cocktail. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) And it was one of the first places that a stout beer with raspberry I looked at that and I thought, why would you do that? And then I tasted it and went, oh, oh, wow. That was a long time ago. 
That was a long time yeah. ago. And you've graduated and the community that you built with your staff and the greater Mount Airy area that you're pulling your staff from, you are not in the downtown area. You are out in the fringes, if you will, sure, in the fry sure. area. Definitely. You're on an Arn Farm Brewery, which requires special permitting, and you're growing part of the grains that are going into your product. We grow corn, soy, and wheat on this farm. The wheat goes into our beer. The farm as a whole, the greater farm, also has Angus, hogs, a lumber mill. So as a whole, the farm operation is about 1,800 to 2,000 acres. My brother-in-law, Josh Fry and Sarah Fry, his wife, run the farm operation and the farm store. That's a lot going on. It, it is, is a truly lot. a working farm and lots sure. of moving and busy parts. With that community, because this is your home, you also treat your staff a little bit differently. So for those cocktails that you were talking about, that, mm. that stout beer with raspberry, who knew? But you get your staff together and you come up with new concepts and new ideas. Oh yeah, we're always playing around with flavor and kind of stepping outside of the narrow-minded beer world from 10 years ago where it was just like beer, beer, beer. The bottom line is every customer wants something to drink and they want something they like. And sometimes you have to find what that is. And so it's fun to play with flavors. It keeps it interesting and exciting. The beer garita, I mean, it's a crazy concept and it's one of our best-selling beer cocktails. It's just beer and margarita mix, but people love it. And a salted rim. That idea kind of came from both of us having traveled to Germany where literally they'll stick anything in a beer, Sprite, syrup, sugar, anything. anything. And we got a lot of flack for it for a while. And then you kind of take it personally, like, well, are we doing something wrong? And then you realize, well, that's what they've been doing with cocktails all along. They're taking whiskey and rum and vodka and, and all these things and just playing with flavors. And the endless combinations that you have with that is incredible, you know, where you've got your sweet and your savory and then your little garnish. And so why not have fun with that with beer or with seltzer? And so we've actually put more of those efforts now into the seltzer cocktails where you're playing with some blackberry and some lemon and some sage and some peppermint or whatever else. And I do like to grow the herbs on the farm and add those in during the season. Started reaching out to local farmers, you know, local homestead and other places for whatever's fresh that week. I'd like to do a little bit more of that. A lot of it's just sometimes I just don't have the time to leave the farm to go get those things. But we did a strawberry ginger smash this year. Oh, fun. With mint from the farm, with fresh strawberries from local homestead. And it was absolutely delicious. It's an upgraded beer, if you will. A yeah, beer I mean, cocktail. the, the, the seltzer acts as the base, the hard seltzer, which is a flavorless base. So it really lends itself to essentially endless recipes. It's a ton of fun. It keeps it exciting for us, keeps it exciting for the customers. Your travels and experiences you're bringing back and you're building in that sense of community. Your husband is here and we talked about in the first section being farming royalty and he knows every twig and every rock on the place. Mm -hmm. This is not your home and you've traveled everywhere. It is now your home. And that sense of community, we're in the Mount Airy area, we're in Carroll County, we're in that 45 to 50 mile radius out of DC, Gettysburg and Baltimore. And this is an area where there's several bases, there's several forts, yes. there are several folks who are having second careers and moving out. It's a real brain trust, if you will, in this area. And mobile, very mobile. So you have folks coming in who are looking for that sense of home. Is that one of the things that you want them to find when they come to Fry's Brewing? Absolutely. Even in the way that we set up our tasting room, where you have these big tables, and you'll see this especially in comedy night. I always hated as a youngster in my 20s or whatever age, going in somewhere and feeling like I was being looked at because I didn't fit into the local crowd or whatever the crowd was that was there. And I never wanted anyone to feel that way. So even down to the seating where you can sit there and then four other people can sit next to you. And I feel like, and I don't know if it just speaks to the people or speaks to what we've put up with and not put up with here is somehow we've curated this awesome crowd of people who do make everyone feel comfortable. And it doesn't matter where you're from, what you look like, you walk in and you feel safe. And that it's okay if you come sit at that sofa and there's two other people at that sofa 
sofa, you're going to be friends by the end of the night. And you might be completely different on the political spectrum, completely different background wise, but you feel safe and you feel comfortable because you're forming community over a board game or beer or just a conversation or whatever else it is. I don't know what causes that or creates that. Maybe it's us, maybe it's our staff. I do think people behave how they are allowed to behave. So let's say you walk in and it's loud music and chaos, then you're going to elevate to that. If you walk in and the staff is warm and bubbly and friendly, you're going to elevate to that or lower yourself to that. So I think it does really come down to the staff setting the tone the moment you walk in the door that this is a happy, friendly place. So if you're not happy and friendly, maybe this isn't the place for you. And the nice thing is there's enough places to go on this farm where even when we're quote unquote busy, because we get that call all the time, are you going to be packed? Yes, we'll be packed, but I promise you, you'll feel comfortable. You will be somewhere where you can find your own spot. So you have the barn inside, you have picnic tables outside, you have the high tops, you have the couches, you have fires that you can do outside for Mm -hmm. the fire pits, but you have to reserve those. It has a little bit of everything for everybody. The beers are one thing and you can have the beers and the cocktails, but you've birthed a new adventure here. (laughs) So the opposite end, if I remember the old meme correctly, (laughs) that coffee in the morning, beer in the evening. So you went with coffee in the morning. Yeah. So I guess what you're probably asking me is how the heck did you do that and why? It came out of absolute nowhere. We were just starting to get off the farm in the mornings. We do a coffee date every morning. That's like our complete sanity. And we're hitting 7-Eleven. And I think one day we started hitting other cafes and just started enjoying coffee. And then it went to like YouTube videos and studying coffee and obsessing over coffee. We had cold brew on the menu. And my husband says one night, he goes, we should start opening in the morning for cold brew. And I said, well, we can't just open for cold brew. That's not going to carry this. Not everybody wants cold brew. I said, if we're opening in the morning for coffee, people are going to want what they want because people are particular about their coffee. Absolutely. Now, with that said, we do get a lot of people that are adventurous, but a lot of people, they know what they want. They want their double dirty chai or whatever. So I said, if we're going to do this, we're doing it. And he kind of looks at me and I kind of look at him and he's like, are you saying what I think you're saying? And I was like, yes. Here comes that passion again. (laughs) We're getting an espresso machine. And and I said, but if we're going to do it, we got to do it right and we got to be the best. And so we, of course, had no clue what to do because I said, well, we can't afford it. We can't afford an espresso machine. That's crazy. There are tens of thousands of dollars. By a stroke of luck, we go out to coffee, not two days later, to Prospect Pantry. Shout out to Prospect Pantry, Newmarket. Phenomenal place. We go to Prospect Pantry. We ask for a cup of coffee and they say, no, we can't. Our machine is unplugged. We don't use it anymore. (gasps) No. And I looked at him and I said, if it's under $3,000, we're buying it right now and we're starting our cafe in two weeks. So I said to the woman, no passion there whatsoever. I said to her, I said, is that for sale by chance? And why aren't you using it? She says, well, a cafe opened next door. So we're focusing on lunch and sandwiches and all that. We make a deal under 3000. We knew it was a steal. We bought it sight on scene and walked out the door and went, well, I guess we have a cafe now. We, by a stroke of luck, found an incredible barista. I mean, I can't say enough nice things about this guy. He is phenomenal. And what he brings to the table, not only is an extensive knowledge of coffee, but an extensive passion. He is here with me on Tuesdays, on Thursdays. He's taking pictures. He's trying drinks. We're texting. We are doing our research to just make it the best it can possibly be. So very, very lucky to have all those things aligned. And I say like, I don't know anybody that opened a cafe in three weeks from start to finish. And it's been going great. People love it. The the feedback has been wonderful and it's given us new life, giving us something exciting to focus on. So when you come for breakfast, this is on farm. So we're driving out like I said, from beyond the Mount Area environment, sure. you're out in the middle of the wine country, if you will. You're on the farm, your fries farm, and you're in the middle of the agricultural products. You're soaking it up. What brings people here? And once they get here, what do they expect? We're not convenient to most people. We probably have a relatively large customer base that lives within 10 minutes.
minutes, but I would say for most people, it's 15 minutes or more. And so you have to make an effort. But what I think about and I tell Adam is the only thing we need to think about is what makes us go somewhere. What makes me drive to the Mint Room in Ellicott City when I could just go 20 minutes up the road or 10 minutes up the road? And it's three things. It's service, atmosphere, and product, right? You absolutely have to have all three of those things. You cannot even afford one mistake at this point in this market. The product has to be good and it is. We're constantly reevaluating. Sometimes you have to pull a beer off or you have to change a recipe or whatever. But the staff, that's the easiest and hardest thing, right? It's like you can hire anybody, but you've got to have the vision. They have to have your vision. They have to get along. I always tell them it's always about the team. I'm kind of like Survivor. You will get voted off the island if the team isn't comfortable. So the customer feels that, right? Nothing worse than walking in a place where the two people behind the bar or behind the counter don't like each other. So setting that tone, but also stepping outside yourself for that day or that shift or that hour, whatever it is, and realizing the only reason you're here is to make sure this person has a great day, not how much am I going to make in tips that comes afterwards. I have been very lucky again to have curated this amazing staff. It hasn't been easy. It hasn't been overnight. And it's funny because you think about a lot of places where somebody will go one time and say, oh, I'm never going back. You always should go back because the owners, the staff, the managers, they're always learning and they're and hopefully always improving. And I think when people come here, they feel that they feel welcome, but we want them to enjoy the farm. That's why we don't do a lot of loud things like food trucks, music. We do those things for events, but most of the time we want you to hear the sounds of the country, to hear the birds, to hear the frogs, especially during peeper season. It's not something you're going to get in a lot of places. And I think people come for that. They come for that refuge from crazy traffic, their day jobs, social media, their kids running here and there. Even if it's a slice of time in their lives, once a month, once a year, we can give that to them. And it's the animals because it is a working (laughs) farm. Yeah. It's the animals as well. Never did I think that the animals would become such a big part of Fry's Brewing Company. Essentially, the animals were just my addiction. I've been surrounded by animals since I was tiny. I think I had 17 guinea pigs in my bedroom at one point. I ran a wildlife center in my 20s for five years. So I had three, 400 animals on a farm. So for me, the animals were kind of my solace and my baby, so to speak, during the time where I wasn't working. So I kind of said, I'm trapped on this farm. I get to at least enjoy it. And it it started with a cow. (laughs) It always starts with a cow. (laughs) And this is how it started. This is a good story because I had always loved Jersey cows. And it was really interesting because my mother growing up, we just both loved Jersey cows and we'd see them on the side of the road and we'd pull over and take pictures. And there's just something about them, their beautiful eyes and their expression. But never in my life did I think I could own a cow. I came down to the bar and Adam says, Aisha wants to know if we want a cow. Oh no. I said, well, of course. So I text Aisha, what do you got? I got this cow, needs a home. Usually they would be sent off to be turned into veal. So Eli, born on the day that my mother passed away. Oh no. We acquired him two weeks later. Eli comes to the farm and Adam says, what is that? And I said, that is our new cow. And he says, what are you doing? And I said, well, you said I could get a cow. He said, I didn't think you'd be dumb enough to actually do it. Uh-uh. So then he says, well, you need another cow because he's going to be lonely. Okay, well, I acquire another cow. What is that? That's the second cow. Well, he said, you told me I had to get a cow. And then that became three sheep and goats. Emus was my wish list item. And I had had emus back in the day in my 20s at the Wildlife Center. And I pushed and pushed and pushed. And he said, over my dead body, you will not get any emus. Well, we have two emus and he loves them. <laughs> and he's still alive. He's still alive. That's good. We've got chickens, ducks. But the customers would actually come out here and say, you know, we follow your chickens on Facebook. We follow your cats on Facebook. We follow your cows on Facebook. So they're just as interested sometimes in seeing the animals and relaxing than coming and having a beer. And honestly, to me, that's one of the craziest things. I have to step back from realizing it's normal to me. So there's some people who have never put their hands on a seven, 800 pound animal that actually is letting them pet them. And so I try to integrate that as best I can. I, I probably could do better at saying, hey, you're more than welcome to meet the animals. Unfortunately, where they're located is a little behind the brewery. 
category, but we take people up there to meet them. I've had people well, call me. not a me, petting zoo. Not a petting zoo. And, and that's really a liability and safety issue. You're still dealing with very large animals and very, for lack of a better word, crazy. Like cows go through an evening phase where they're very playful and, and a playful 700 pound animal can hurt you. So kind of a supervised petting zoo. If I feel comfortable, sometimes I'll take people in. But most of the time now they're just petting them over the fence unless you set up a meet and greet with me. Lots and lots of things to mm-hmm. do here. It's a place to come see, experience community. Mm-hmm. If you've moved into this area and you don't know where to go, it's a place away from home because oftentimes neighbors are busy, lives mm-hmm. are busy, and this is a place to let it all hang out, if you will. Well, and I think if you're going to make a trip to the area too, there's so much richness around here. So like we'll have flyers out for places nearby. I try to do the best I can to let people know what else is around the, the other wineries, other breweries, Happy Cow Creamery, always doing shout outs to them. Because when you're driving out here, it feels like the middle of nowhere. But when you really scale back and look, you're only 17 minutes from Frederick. You're not really that far out. And so just two miles up the road, one way or the other way might be something wonderful. So it's like, make the trip out here, go get some ice cream, go to widespread market. There's just so much going on out here. It's where it's happening in the middle of nowhere. It's bumping out here. (laughs) If you want to find more about Fry's on Farm Brewing, where do we go? Our kind of two main focuses are Facebook and the website, friesbrewing.com. I do my best to keep it up. What I tell people is if you really want information, just call. I answer the phone 99.9% of the time or I call right back. Email carrie at friesbrewing.com. That's on our website. I'm really big on communicating because that's one of the biggest complaints I hear from other places is they don't answer, including me. I'll message a restaurant or a bar and I don't get an answer back. I'm here to answer any question. I try to accommodate. There's a lot of strange requests that come in or requests that I can't predict are going to come in. And so if I can make something happen, I'll make it happen. I take phone calls for weddings and other types of events. We basically want to share this space. And I tell people that we want to share our space seven days a week. Just because we're not open to the public seven days a week does not mean we don't want to share the space. There's other things you can do here. We had a car club come out the other morning for coffee. We have Squishmallow conventions in the parking lot. Nothing to do with alcohol. We have the Fox Club come and ride their horses through here. We've got a Jeep rally or something going on on Saturday. It's a community. It's a community. It's a place to come spend time. As long as everybody gets along and is respectful of the farm, we love to share the space with you. Thank you for sharing your time with us. I hope you've enjoyed your cup of coffee this morning, made some connections, and will join us here next week on Raising Connections. Until then.